This weekend, we continue in our series that we've entitled Be Rich. In Be Rich, we're actually looking at how do we, as the people of God, how can we be rich to those around us and the communities around us? In Be Rich, we're actually talking about how can we infuse our communities with love, with compassion, with mercy. In Be Rich, we're actually joining 30 different churches from around the country, and together, these 30 churches are saying, let's make a difference. Let's begin to impact the communities around each of our campuses. And so for LCBC, we're saying, how can we infuse love, compassion, and mercy around each of our six campuses? If you were with us last weekend, you heard Annie Stanley challenge us to consider giving of our finances to be able to make a difference in our communities. So the challenge was very specific. The challenge was that we give $39.95 per person, and as that money is collected, then it goes out and serves our communities, each of our communities around each of our campuses. 100% of the money goes outside of LCBC. None of it is for us. It's all for the communities around us. And thousands of you participated and gave and have provided funds for us to go out now and serve our communities. Not too late to give. If you're still interested, if you weren't here last weekend, go to the website, lcbcchurch.com, and click on the tab for Be Rich, and you'll be able to give towards the Be Rich project. This weekend, we actually changed the focus. Last weekend was how do we be rich with our finances. This week, specifically, is how do we be rich with our time? How do we use our time to make a difference in our community? This weekend, we have opportunity to hear from Wilfredo de Jesus, also known as Pastor Choco. Pastor Choco is actually the pastor of New Life Church in Chicago, Illinois, a church that's grown from 120 people to 17,000 people under Pastor Choco's leadership. Not only is Pastor Choco known as a church leader, not only is he a senior pastor, but he's known really for his service in his community, for reaching out into his community, for those around his church and making a difference in their lives by, by just sharing love, compassion, and mercy, the love of God, the mercy, compassion of God to those around him. So I want to challenge you to listen to Pastor Choco, to a message that he actually delivered at the Leadership Summit. Leadership Summit is a gathering of about 150,000 leaders from around the United States, and, and they gather together to figure out how can we serve as, how can we be better leaders? And, and Pastor Choco addressed that group at the Leadership Summit and, uh, and challenged us to serve with our time and challenge us to make a difference in each of our communities. So as you listen to Pastor Choco today, my encouragement to you would be ask the question, what needs exist in my community? He's going to talk about the needs in his community. But what needs are there present in my community? And then the second question is, what can I do? What can I do to help meet the needs of my community? What can I do to help serve the people in my community and meet the needs that are around me. So let's join Pastor Choco as he addresses this year's Leadership Summit as he talks about being rich with our time. In the year 2002, I was approached by the police commander because of an epidemic in our city of Chicago, in our community of Humble Park. They have arrested over 600 women for prostitution. And the commander of the police, imagine that, that the commander of the police came to the church we're talking about faith in government, faith in business. Here the police is coming to the church and said, Reverend De Jesus, can, is there anything you can do? And I said, absolutely, we can pray for you. <laughs> We're good for that. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is a weapon. Sometimes our prayer is all we can do because of distance. But we cannot allow prayer to be a crutch, not to do anything. And I said, uh, I went home and told my wife, I said, babe, uh, 600 women were 
arrested, unduplicated, and for prostitution, went to sleep. Woke up the next morning, I said, babe, I feel like God wants us to buy a farm for these women. We got to do something. And she says, well, what do you know about farming? I don't know anything. And so I, uh, I did what any pastor would do. Went to their church in the inner city of Chicago, filled with Hispanics. Got to the pulpit and I said, church, somebody here has a farm. Give it up. <laughs> That's how we do in Chicago. You got to give it up. Eight months, I set that church. I'm serious now. These women, we got to do something. And someone here has a farm. You better give it up. I don't know how you do it in your city or in your villages or towns. But on the eighth month, a lady came to me and said, Pastor Choco. And by the way, the name Choco comes from chocolate. Uh, is a term of endearment in the Puerto Rican culture. And she said, Pastor Choco, uh, uh, my uncle and his wife of 42 years, she just passed away three hours from Chicago. They own a farm. They heard, uh, he heard you were looking for a farm. And, and sure enough, one thing led to another. And we went to the farm and we purchased the farm. And since then, since then, 500 women have been rescued from the streets of Chicago from prostitution and human trafficking. Now, you cannot, as a pastor, as a business, as an organization, you cannot let your budget dictate your faith. You're going to have to trust God that he will meet all your needs. Because once the moral condition, once the moral condition of your community has been revealed to you, we must move to action. Amen. Amen. We just can't say, oh, that's sad. No, the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, I look for someone among them who will build up the wall and stand before me in the gap. The word gap here in Hebrew means Ibanayim. Ibanayim means between two places. God himself said, I look for someone among them who will fill the Ibanayim. And look what he says. And I didn't find no one. Not one man, not one woman who would be willing to fill that gap, who would stand in the gap. A gap, by definition, represents a place of weaknesses, a, a place of vulnerability and danger. Gaps exist all over our countries and, and our villages and our cities. You would say, well, Pastor Choco, we've always had gaps. This is true. But today, the gaps are wider and more destructive. And that question, even God is still saying, I'm looking for somebody who will stand in the gap. And as a pastor, I decided in Chicago that I was going to engage that gap. And we as leaders, lay leaders and pastors, we must engage our community. You must engage your community. Not only the 50 that come to your church, not only the 1,000 that come to your church or 200, but the entire community, you have to see it as your church. You say, well, Pastor Chogo, how do, how do I see the entire community? We must do we must do what Jesus did. He sat with the lost. He ate with the lost. He conversed with the lost. He, he sat with people who didn't look like you and I. And that's what the gospel, Jesus Christ, he went towards the Samaritan women. He went towards Zacchaeus. He went towards the demon-possessed man. One day I called one of our ladies of the church, the leader, and I said, I want you to go out and I want you to go hire me five prostitutes. She said, you want me to do what? <laughs> I said, you heard me. I want you to go out and hire me five prostitutes. 
We have a problem. She said, Pastor Choco. I said, just go do it. She went out, came back two or three hours later. Five women came out of her car. They were a mess. Mini skirts. They looked like they were drugged up. And then she came out to say, Pastor Choco, the one on the right says she'll charge you $50. The one over here says she'll charge you $35. And the other one here says she'll charge you $40. And in total, it was like $220. And no problem. And I went to the five women and said, here's, here's your $50. Here's your, here's your $35. Here's your $40. And one of the girls came out and said, what would you want us to do to you, sir? I said, I want you to follow me. Now, I know this is being watched around the world. My wife is with me through this whole time. The devil is a liar. Amen. And so I said to the five women, I said, I want, you to, I want you to come with me. And here it is, pastors. Here it is. For me, what's sacred is the message, not the method. The method is not sacred for me. I'm going to throw all sorts of lines and all sorts of baits to be able to reach whoever for Jesus Christ. And so I took, I took the five women, I said, follow me, follow me. And they came in, they came into the church, and we decked it out with linen and candles and roses. And I pulled up the chair, and I said, now sit down, honey, sit down. I said, I got you for one hour. I'm going to tell you about a man who stood in the Ibanayim, who stood in the gap for you, who loves you. And for one hour, they stood there crying tears. They stood up after the one hour and said, no one has ever treated us this way. Here's your money back, preacher. We don't want your money. To the glory of God, some of these women are involved in ministry now. Why? Because you approach them, you engage them. We must not be afraid. We must not be afraid to take our faith into the communities. Fear is the absence of faith. Reminds me of a man named Nehemiah who's living his life, and I'm paraphrasing. He's living his life in the city of Susa and he's doing a great job. He's got a 401k plan, living large, retirement plan. And finally, at Starbucks, he sees a friend, his brother, according to the Bible, Hananiah comes to him and Nehemiah, watch this, Nehemiah asked the question that changed the course of his life. How's Jerusalem? And can I tell you something, leaders and pastors, if you're not going to do anything about the answer, then don't ask. Because it changed the trajectory of his life. Once he heard about the walls that were ruined, and they were ruined for over 140 years. So Ribabel, he built the temple, yet the temple was exposed. Watch this. The temple was exposed. The people were vulnerable. And then Nehemiah felt like he had to do something. That a gap has been presented. Because with revelation comes responsibility. Once you have been revealed a problem in your city, in your country, you are moved to act. And here's what he did. I want to give you four things that Nehemiah did when he heard about the problems in Jerusalem. Number one, he prayed. The Bible says that Nehemiah began to fast and pray. God gave him a strong burden. Nehemiah began to weep for his people. He began to cry for the hopelessness. Oh, God, move us. To weep for our cities. One billion people can't write or read in this world. God, move us to pray for them. 80% of the world population lives on $10 a day. There's a gap, my friends. One of three people on the planet lack water. There's a gap. 
And he prayed from Susa for a few months. Prayer is good, but it has to move us to do something. Number two, the Bible says that he planned. Now, planning is crucial, leaders and pastors. you got to write it down. Planning is part of the process. And many of us here like the final product. What we don't like is the process. Oh, I love the church. Look at this big church. But it took Bill a long time and headache and prayer and planning. Nehemiah sat down and he planned. I like, I like football, American football. <laughs> American football, I like it. And, you know, they got 11 guys on one side. That's called the offense. The, the other guys, it's called defense. And, and the guys on the offense, the, the coach is on the sideline, and, and the quarterback gets the play, and he goes in the circle, and that in the NFL is called the huddle. And they get in a huddle. And, and according to the NFL, you've got 25 seconds to call a play. And if you don't call a play within those 25 seconds, delay of game and penalize. Can you imagine if the NFL, these guards and these tackles are like, hey, let's just stay here. Let's talk about what we're going to do after the game. <laughs> and I wonder how many leaders, how many pastors have been in a huddle for five years when is it? When is it when, when we see a need and when we see a gap? What, when is it that we're going to call break and do what God has called us to do and fill the gap to the glory of God? we got to get out of the huddle. Number three, he proceeded. Now it's time to go from Susa to Jerusalem, 766 miles to Jerusalem. An opportunity. This presents sacrifice. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. I remember when I was in DR, Dominican Republic, I was in a little village, and there was a, there was a need between the village and a medical center. It was three hours distance. These people had to walk to the medical center. And I went back to Chicago, and it was disturbing my heart. And I just kind of sensed the Lord said, hey, Choco, get two ambulances. And I was at a press conference with Mayor Daly, and he was standing right next to me, and it was like, Ask him. <laughs> After the press conference, I said to the mayor, Mayor, I need two ambulances from your fleet. Walked away. That's how we do it in Chicago. <laughs> A week later, the mayor's office called me and said, Hey, Reverend Hastings, we've got two ambulances for you that we want to donate to you. And then after we got the two ambulances with the deeds and the title, then something hit me. Wait a minute. We're going to cross state lines. How is that going to look? Puerto Ricans driving the ambulances. <laughs> no. I had to go back to the mayor. I said, Mayor, I need a letter that allows me to go through state, just like Nehemiah. Once you have been revealed the problem, you must act to fill that gap to the glory of God. Number four, the last thing he did is that he persuaded. Whenever you, whenever you decide to stand in the gap, you're going to face strong opposition. Hear me out, pastors and leaders. The moment you decide to stand in the gap, there will always be opposition. But God is with you. Who can be against you to the glory of God? One of the things I notice about this story of Nehemiah is that Nehemiah, he was neither a priest, he wasn't a king, he wasn't a prophet, he was a lay person. And this is a season to release our lay people into the gaps in our cities, into the gaps in our communities, and to engage the problems that we're facing today. 
I want to tell you here at this leadership summit that the question that Nehemiah asked is relevant today. He asked, how is Jerusalem? That question today, 2014, how is Los Angeles? How is Missouri? How is Hong Kong? How is Georgetown? How is Australia? How is Camden, New Jersey? That question is relevant today. Regardless of where you live, there are gaps everywhere. I leave you with this. Courage is an inner resolution to go forward despite obstacles. Cowardice is submissive surrender to circumstances. Courage breeds creativity. Cowardice represses fear and is mastered by it. Cowardice asks the question, is it safe? Expediency asks the question, is it political? Vanity asks the question, is it popular? But conscience asks the question, is it right? And there comes a time when we must take a position that's neither safe, nor political, nor popular. But one must take it because it's right. God bless you. The needs that exist in each of our communities will probably differ from the needs that existed in Pastor Choco's community. But the fact is, needs are still present. There are still people who need to experience love, compassion, and mercy around us. So over the last several months, the campus staffs from each of our six campuses have spent time talking with people in the community, finding out what organizations are impacting our communities, finding out what organizations could be helped by us infusing time and infusing funds into their organizations. So what we've actually done is we've taken those different organizations, we've broken down service projects from those organizations into increments of anywhere from one hour, two hours, three hours to serve, and, and we've listed those different organizations and the time slots for serving on our website. So again, you go to the lcbcchurch.com website, click on Be Rich, you can find different service projects listed. Projects where you and I can step in and not have to bring supplies, not have to bring tools, not have to do any organizing. We just step in at the time that is described on the website. Um, with the effort that's described on the website, we show up, we serve for one, two, three, four hours, and we have opportunity to make a difference in the communities around us. So the challenge for all of us is this. For us to be making a difference in our community by choosing to serve, either as an individual and going on the website, signing up individually for a time slot to serve in our community, or possibly as a family, where as a family you say, you know what, let's the two, three, four, five of us, let's get together and let's all go and serve together as a family, or possibly it's you and your life group. And so the 10, 12, 15 of you as a life group, or each of you and your families get together, and 20 or 30 of you pick a particular project, sign up on the website, show up at the allotted time, time and serve and make a difference in the community. We've done everything we can to make it as easy as possible for each of us to serve. But as we serve, realize we're making a difference. As we serve, realize we're injecting love, compassion, mercy into the lives of those that are being touched by that organization in our community.